Hey friends, this is Candice and this is episode two of Reality Nightcap. I'm super excited to be here for episode two and I cannot thank you all enough for listening to episode one, my very first time podcasting. I'm honestly just surprised that more than five people wanted to hear what I had to say. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and and continuing to share this with your friends who also love these shows just as much as we do. I can't thank you enough for the support from all the people in my life that I love so much. So appreciate you. I feel super grateful to have that close-knit community that supports me on this journey. So thank you so much. Episode two, we are going to have a lot to unpack. We'll do debriefs on a bunch of shows that aired this last week, including The Bachelor. It was Fantasy Suites week. We've got Summer House, uh, Vanderpump Rules, which don't worry, won't be as long as the, the first episode. We had so much to unpack in that first recap, but this will just be kind of what's happened over the last week and the previous episode. Uh, we'll also cover New Jersey Housewives, uh, my, uh, Real Housewives Miami just uh, finished up with a third reunion, and we have my personal favorite, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip just recently started. They're in Thailand. The cast is fantastic. I'll probably just recap the first episode of that as my plate was a little bit full, but we'll definitely get into the other episodes. We actually dropped three on Thursday, so we had a lot of material to cover, but I'll get into those later episodes on another epi- uh, on another future episode of this podcast. We may also cover the new uh, Jersey Shore family vacation. I'll do a quick recap of that. I've been watching it. There's nothing too crazy that I feel like happens on that show. I just love that cast. Um, And we also had the news that Sammy Sweetheart might be returning. And then we had Ronnie that just randomly popped into the episode this last week. So we'll do some recaps of that. Super excited to get into it. My last week was not crazy eventful. We had a really nice weekend. I'm recording this on Sunday evening. Um, solid week of work leading up up to the weekend. So I was excited when Friday came. Binge some shows to talk about today. Saturday was really fun. We actually went to the Luke Combs concert in Dallas. Uh, I might not have mentioned this on the very first episode, but my husband Matt and I actually moved from San Diego to Dallas about a year and a couple months ago. We absolutely love it here. I just love the Southern hospitality and the friends that we've made out here. We're really building a nice friend group here and setting in some roots. And so it's been really awesome. And for, uh, Saturday, we had a big group that went tailgating prior to the concert, played some beer pong. We crushed the boys. Yeah, we did. And uh, had a great time. We love Luke Combs. He's definitely one of our favorite country artists. And it was a great show. So if you love Luke Holmes, highly recommend going seeing going to see him in concert. And then today, not going to lie, we were a little bit hungover, which is why I'm recording this late. Um, but this is the kind of stuff I like to talk about, so it's worth it. But looking forward to getting into it next. And we'll cover Vanderpump next, but don't worry. Like I said, it won't be too extensive as the last time, but looking forward to it. All right, VPR. So as we know, this last Thursday, they had the reunion and what we were all wondering is how in the world are they going to have both 
Raquel and Sheena join in person after we found out that they would be attending and had no plans of being remote. So they actually did something interesting. They had two different seating charts, one to accommodate Raquel, the other to accommodate Sheena. So the first one you have Andy in the middle with Lisa, Tom Sandoval, Raquel, and Tom Schwartz on one side. The other side you have Ariana, Katie, James, and Lala. Seating chart number two is essentially the same on the right, but then instead of Raquel, the two Toms are sitting next to each other, and Sheena kind of got ousted, honestly. She's at the very far end of the couch, which as we know, usually the people that are in the hot seat are closest to Andy. So that is what we know of the seating chart. So they did make it work, which is awesome to see. Uh, There's been a lot coming out. I think there is a leak of somebody that's either in production or on the cast or somewhere that has said that within literally two minutes, the reunion got super, super messy and loud. And I'm I'm sure Andy had a hell of a time trying to keep all those people in line. So I honestly, like it's, I feel like at this point we're watching the episodes that are coming out just to kind of get to the reunion. Like that's all what we want to see. I can't wait to just see how Tom and Raquel interact with one another. That's, I've been trying to watch it in the recent episodes to see like how they hug. Is there any sort of flirtations that's happening Hasn't been a ton really so far, but it's going to be crazy to watch it all unravel. Now, there was also some recent news that Tom, um, four or five days ago, or I think right before the reunion, was seen coming back from um, Tucson, Arizona. And people looked up and found that Raquel's parents actually live there, so It's rumored that they apparently were there together, um, getting away from the press and everything. So we don't really know too much other than that, but that's that was pretty crazy. Uh, Additionally, we have some news too that Raquel served some papers to Andy to give to Sheena while they were at the reunion. It doesn't seem like it was in any sort of legal fashion where these papers are of legal substance, apparently. But I'm curious to see, like, what those papers are. Maybe Raquel, like, wrote her a note. Who knows? <laughs> um, but that's that's one thing that's happened. We also have another situation where Raquel made a comment to someone's post on Instagram about recently being diagnosed with a form of autism and commented... I can relate. Really odd and and I mean she knows it's public, so I think there's some murmurings of is she saying that and and potentially going to lean on that as maybe a defense for why she is a little bit socially awkward and weird in groups and that stuff. So I mean just interesting. Nothing nothing outside of that, truly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the latest. The episode itself starts out with G-U-Y-S, guys night, <laughs> quote from James. James always gives the best commentary. I freaking love him. Um, I, I mean, you love to hate him, right? So 
take that for what it is. But the girls, Charlie and Raquel, came crashing into guys' night. Honestly, party felt like, no, don't do not do that. That was super awkward. Um, and Raquel starts right off the bat saying how much the girls were bullying her and making fun of her. And, you know, Charlie and the guys start really pumping up Raquel's tires and, you know, giving her props for basically standing up to Lala. It all just seemed like a bunch of bullshit. Like, they know that she maybe needs that in that moment in time. So it was tough to watch, definitely, knowing what we know now, that they're really kind of stroking her ego in that moment. The episode carries on. We see Lala and the girls back in Havasu. Lala's getting her groove back. I'm super happy for her now that, you know, we know that she really hadn't been intimate with anyone since she conceived her child, Ocean. So excited that she is getting back into the dating game and meets a guy out there that she ends up having a really good time with. Uh, we also, one thing I loved that Katie did in this last episode is when she was talking about Raquel and Charlie and did a thumbs down for both of them. I just thought that scene was hilarious. But we really start to see James kind of open up about how he feels like he's being ousted from the group. Kind of, he starts to unravel a little bit when he finds out that his girlfriend, Allie, isn't really invited to some of the wedding stuff. It sounds like there's a reception or a dinner of some sort, and then Allie isn't invited only to the like after party situation. He, I think, definitely thinks that people are starting to take Raquel's side and he's finding out about the pool party and other things kind of last. Um, I'm I'm sure that'll be a topic at the reunion, but the scenes with him and Allie when they're talking about the horoscope horoscope stuff, that just made me feel weird. I mean, I'm into horoscope things, but like... I just feel like when she was talking about how she would love to do that full time and be a professional astrologist or whatnot, to me, it was like, is she trying to build up her following? Like, why is she doing this on camera? And, you know, it just seemed odd and a little bit thirsty to me. Also, can we talk about her dress in her confessional? Is that lingerie? It sure looks like it. Um, Question mark. I don't know. But uh, the Toms going to Lisa and the continuous Swartz and Sandys back and forth, I'm over those scenes. It just seems never-ending. They can't get their shit together. I mean, the fact that Tom Sandoval has spent the last year doing his music and everything, you know, this is their own fault and of their own making that they haven't been able to open this restaurant yet. And now all of a sudden they're under crunch time and it just seems like they're a couple chickens with their heads cut off. Those scenes are definitely pretty cringy. Then we get into the hotel room debacle. So as we watched in the episode, we found out that Sheena's bridesmaid did not book her, her hotel room in the hotel that everybody else is staying and where the wedding is taking place. Katie had previously booked the room before she and Sheena weren't on good terms and she, you know, found out that Sheena was pushing Raquel to make out with Tom Schwartz and Katie is refusing not to give away the room. And honestly, I don't feel like she should. I totally agree with Lala. She has every single right to go on a vacation, do her own thing. If it was like she simply couldn't go, the travel wasn't working out, 
and she didn't want to be there and or have any friends that she could hang out with that weren't in the wedding, then maybe I could see her, you know, giving the room to Sheena's bridesmaid and, and taking the $1,000 Venmo that Sheena offered up, you know, maybe, but they're not on good terms. And now it's gotten to the point where I think she might just be doing it out of spite. Plus, she also wants to go on vacation. So I think she should just do her thing. Sheena's being a little bit of a bridezilla in my eyes. The gal that her bridesmaid, she should have booked it way earlier and she should just either figure out, maybe she can room with somebody else in the hotel or she needs to find another room at the one next door. Like who cares? If it's a close walk, then what's the difference? We also see Sheena and Brock at home doing their thing. I thought it was a little cringe watching them do a one minute long kiss I get that they're making time for each other and prioritizing their relationship, especially after having a baby. But just watching that, it was, eh, I could have done without. Katie and Ariana need to open up this sandwich shop. I'm excited for it and I'm excited for them. The location that they've shown looks awesome. I hope that they get it. I don't know that we've really found out that they have yet. It's I think it shows in the preview that they do. So that is going to be really exciting. I also heard Katie saying on Lala's podcast, I believe, that they're going to have like unique and fun names for all the sandwiches. So because the name of the sandwich shop is going to be something about her, they'll have it be like, there's something about the way she talks or smiles or something like that. I can't remember exactly what she said, but I think that's a really unique play on the names for the sandwiches and I just love that idea so props to them I hope it works out and they get that opened Uh, we then go to the pool party what was crazy is that Ariana right in the beginning I actually rewound it and because I didn't catch it the first time but Ariana points to Raquel and says what is it like being the hottest person at this pool party that that hurt to watch uh definitely And then we see the guy, Joey, who does look very similar to Swartz. Honestly, he's a little bit more built and and buff than than Swartz is. Um, But is that the guy that really made out with Raquel? I didn't find them interacting with each other really at all in that episode. They didn't acknowledge one another. So I'm just curious if, if he really was the guy that made out with her at Coachella or if people really did get it confused and it was the other Tom, Tom Sandoval, that made out with her at Coachella. So Coachella usually happens in mid to late April. So I don't know if that would be too early on between the timeline that we know their affair started, but just really curious. Uh, then... What is Sandoval wearing? It looks like he's wearing PJs to the pool party. He's always got to have this kind of like edgy Johnny Depp vibe going on. Ick. Then we see the girls start to talk a little bit more about Sheena's wedding that's coming up um, and the continued drama about the hotel room blowing up. Um, I can understand why Sheena doesn't want Christina Kelly and Katie Maloney there because they made fun of her dress the last time she got married. So I get that. But again, like it's a big hotel and I'm sure they'll stay out of their way. But we do see on the preview that they are going to be watching from the balcony. But who cares? I mean, if they're not hanging out with the group and, and bothering Sheena and letting it be about her, 
I hope that's what ends up happening. We will see in the future episode it looks like. So, but I just love that they did a flashback with Brandy and Sheena in the very first episode. That was wild to see. Crazy. Um, You know, like I said, I think it's Katie's choice for going on that vacation. Thank you, Lala, for stepping in and saying that, that she has every right to go on a vacation that she paid for. Uh, Schwartz really never does have her side. I'm not sure if he just thinks that she doesn't think things through fully and like have everybody's, you know, emotions and opinions in mind. I thought it was pretty messed up that he was like, she only does what Katie wants to do. I don't think he has any right to speak about what she does in her life. You know, you're not married anymore. Just stay out of it. And and he honestly, it was kind of like salt in the wound when he started getting involved. We do also see that Sandoval starts to get involved as well and defend Raquel with the other girls. I really appreciated that Ariana was like, walked away immediately and was like, I'm not into you joining this conversation with all the girls. This is not a conversation that involves you. You weren't there. Just butt out. So I I really appreciated that. Also, the one scene of Sandoval and Raquel talking to the other gentleman at the pool party that said, like, one of you guys is getting spray tan on me. And Sandoval said that it might be his. This man is wearing a spray tan? What? Like, I've never heard of a straight man wearing a spray tan before. So, yeah, I, I don't know my thoughts on that. Actually, it's it kind of leaves me a little speechless because it's it's just odd. Um, But I do think Raquel standing up to the other girls, it, it's kind of like a fake it till you make it situation. She definitely thinks she's gaining confidence, but... And I'm and I'm happy if she is in that moment. This is way before obviously the alleged affair started. But to me, like if you are going to clap back to someone like Lala, you have got to have your reads straight. I mean, take a page out of Portia or Kenya or anybody else on the Real Housewives that has really good clapbacks take some notes and come better prepared. I feel like all she was able to say is that they have Chihuahua followers. And what else did she say? She called Lala a mistress bimbo. That that wasn't great. I think she, you know, she maybe could have done better, but I'm a Lala stan. I've loved her since day one. So, you know, she needs to practice that a little bit more. Um... And I also do think that Lala and those girls, they were talking about the galaxy lights and what we saw in a couple episodes ago. They really never talked shit about the galaxy lights. I think it was just kind of like reading between the lines, like what does she have going on in her room? And then saying that they thought that she might murder them in their sleep. Like they really never did say anything specific about the lights. So I don't know. And then Ariana is standing up for Raquel. I'm sure she regrets a little bit of that. Um, but that was that whole argument was just tough to watch. Uh, Lala did say in her last podcast episode that Raquel was over the entire sleeping with James situation. Um, Lala did also say that Raquel wasn't on her list right off the bat of people that she was going to 
make amends with during her 12-step program. She, you know, she didn't feel like it was really necessary, but then as she be- became friends with Raquel, she didn't feel right about building a friendship on a false base and that she wanted to come out and be honest. And from Lala's words, she really said that Raquel just kind of like barely acknowledged it when she first said it. And Lala literally had to be like, Raquel, I need you to acknowledge what I said a minute ago um, because I am trying to own up to it. And Raquel was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm more concerned about, you know, blah, 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 like, and kind of changed the subject. So it's just funny that now Raquel is using that as ammunition to kind of start a fight with Lala, if you will. And it just seems like she's using it to go along with this narration that they're all mean girls or trying to put her down and, and whatnot. So tough, tough thing to watch. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm living for what's happening in the previews. We see Tom kissing someone in bed that to me kind of looks like she has some brunette in her hair. I wonder if it is Raquel in that she's wearing a sleeping mask, so we can't see the face. And then um, there's a shot of him and uh, Raquel in the pool kind of talking. So it's going to be a wild next few weeks. I'm just waiting for that reunion, though, and how to see it all play out. So exciting stuff to come. Uh, Next up, we will talk about the Bachelor Fantasy Suites Week. So Bachelor fantasy suites week or what Zach is calling sex week. Now there's going to be some spoilers in here. So if you haven't watched it, fast forward. Um, But you should be hopefully caught up because this is going to be coming out on Monday, which is the finale night. So, you know, the fantasy suites week there, there was a pretty slow start. I think, you know, at the very beginning, he makes this big statement that he isn't going to be intimate with any of the women on their fantasy suites week uh, date. And Ariel, you know, I could see kind of from the jump when they were on their date that he just wasn't as into it as maybe the others. He expressed that it was a really late relationship that hit. And I don't think that would ever be a good sign. I certainly wouldn't want my husband to have said that, oh yeah, like not at first, but it, she grew on me <laughs> sort of situation. Um, and then he said, I'm not going to hold off. I'm not going to hold off myself from possibly falling in love with someone that maybe isn't someone that I imagined. He said it really weirdly, but basically he's saying like, she isn't someone I expected to like. So that didn't start off great. They didn't hook up in the fantasy fantasy suites um, at all. And the morning they seemed happy, but uneventful. Then we get into the date with Gabby. And honestly, I wasn't really sure about her at first. She seemed very young to me, a little bit more immature. I'm just not quite sold on her being ready to actually like get married. Uh, when she broke down on the beach, I did think that was really relatable about not feeling pretty and, and being on this emotional roller coaster, you know, feeling like her makeup's running off and, and honestly, she still looked gorgeous. So she was fine, but she really broke down about being the number two person in the dates order, which 
I found really interesting because we've never actually had anybody complain about the order of the fantasy suites dates. Um, so he consoled her and, you know, she told him that she is falling for him and the way that they looked at each other and how he looked after it definitely seemed like he wanted to say something along the lines of he was falling for her as well. Um, but I was really shocked when he made the statement, like, I'm, you know, I don't plan on being intimate with anyone. I was shocked that she basically was like, what? Like, we you know, it's important for me to be intimate with the person that I'm going to be engaged to. Um, I, I understand that completely. And I just would have thought like, if, if he's making that statement, then you can rest easy knowing that all the other women are going to be in the same boat and it might be more special for you guys in the end. But she was really not about that and was pretty much like, we'll see about that and had a little glimmer in her eye. Um, they they definitely had a mutual agreement not to admit that they did get intimate. They certainly talked about it before. Uh, and and she even said the morning after, like, oh, we had such a good cuddle sesh. And we see him, you know, riding off on the little boat um, to go to his date with Katie, acting super normal. And then all of a sudden breaks down to Jesse Palmer and just saying, like, I have to get this off my chest. And I I think the place that he was coming from was like, I went against my word and he couldn't live with himself for that, which I can completely respect and admire. And he wanted to get that off his chest. But the fact that he did it before talking to Gabby, I thought that was wrong. I think he shouldn't have talked to Jesse first. He should have just gone back to her. I don't know that they wouldn't have been able to film it um I doubt it but the order of it just seemed a little bad and now we know Gabby feels like she lost trust in him and you know he kind of did this without her consent and telling the world that they were intimate and the whole intimate conversation I just remember very vividly in years past this might be like five seven years ago we never knew if they had sex in fantasy suites we never did. I, I think a lot about to Juan Pablo's big ick about his season when there's like kind of hints at stuff that happened. But I just remember being like, did they? Didn't they? Like, I want to know. And they would never tell you. And then it seems like it's become very common over the last couple of years for them to talk about it. I don't know if the producers push them to do that so that they can start more drama with the ladies. But it just seems strange that now that's something that is spoken about. I personally think it should be something that you keep private. None of the other women are going to want to know that. And we see that happen with Katie. I just was dying when they were on that clear canoe, like going through the forest, which would seem like such a cool date. But it looked like the most awkward canoe ride ever because he's clearly saying in his confessional, like he wants to tell her. And you just know that it's about to freaking go under like in the next couple minutes. And so they turn off to the side. He admits to Katie, like, I need to tell you this. And, you know, I just wouldn't feel right about keeping this from you, but I was intimate with one of the other ladies. And, you know, I, I just had to tell you. And she's like, obviously completely distraught. I don't think he truly thought through what her reaction was going to be. 
how could you want to feel close to someone and be romantic with them that evening if you knew that he just was way intimate with somebody else? He definitely didn't plan that right. Um, you know, I, I've thought from the get-go that they were endgame because they definitely seem to have a pretty good connection and they both live in the same city. But he hasn't said any sort of inkling about like falling in love with her or anything. He just kind of says, like, I could see us at the end of this. And I would have thought by now that we might be able to tell who is a stronger relationship between Gabby and Katie now that we know those are the final two. But it's it seems like he's still torn. And that would make me nervous if I was one of those girls too, which we see Gabby breakdown next week because she's like how how could you not know yet like you you should know so it's going to be a crazy finale I think you know the rose ceremony started off pretty bizarre um I definitely think the way he was talking extremely vaguely to all three of them before the rose ceremony about how he fucked up and this and that it just I just wish I could have been in Arielle's brain to understand what she was feeling in that moment because that was going to be brand news for her as we know Katie already knew but Arielle handled herself so so well I feel like she is a badass and I just love her quirky personality she has such a cool persona too about her I really hope that they have her on Paradise she's entertaining and so different than the other women that we typically see on this show so class act all the way Ariel and now I'm looking forward to seeing who gets that final rose but you know I'm not holding my breath for either of these relationships it's very rare that we see them work out honestly I just love the show for the entertainment and and whatnot um it's a great show to have on a Monday night because there's usually not a lot going out uh, going on on that day so it's a great way to decompress after having a long work day um, on Monday. So excited to watch that tomorrow or tonight for you guys since it's coming out on Monday. So looking forward to it. All right, next up, we'll talk about Summer House. Oh, Summer House. So this week's episode, I loved. It's starting to pick up a little bit. I loved the party that they had. And it really starts off with Carl trying to talk himself up about what he's going to say to Kyle about not talking to his girlfriend like that. And he doesn't even do any of that. I, I really didn't think he defended Lindsay much at all, to be honest. We also see Kyle and Amanda bring their dogs to the house, which I thought was hilarious. I don't think we've ever seen an actual animal, living animal in this house before. Uh, we've only seen... Wesley Stripes, the fake zebra that they would always carry around and party with. So interesting to see some dogs there. I loved the comment that Kyle needed to get a dog. I 100% agree. I think it totally grounded him and gave him some responsibility. So that's been super cool to see. Now, I was absolutely obsessed with Sierra and her bam personality being Karma Brown. It was just giving me Beyonce and Austin Powers vibes. Loved it. We also have Gabby walking away to change continuously at her own party, which she's supposed to be hosting. I kind of related to that, honestly. I thought it was hilarious and probably something I would do like, oh, I'm getting hot in this or I don't feel cute in this. Like, I'm going to go change and dipping away. Uh, we then see Lindsay's face when Kyle and Amanda finally show up 
with the dogs and Lindsay cannot, you know, fake it. I, you know, not at all, which I, I appreciate. She, she is going to show everything on her face. And, and then we see, um, the exchange between Kyle and Carl I died at the side of them having a serious conversation while Carl is in his dark curly wig. And then we have Kyle in sparkly lavender pants and silver platforms and Kyle's 70s facial hair that he shaved. I just couldn't take him seriously. Um, Carl didn't even say, don't talk to Lindsay like that at all. It really does seem like the root of all the issue is Amanda and Lindsay's drama to me, it seems like a, a case of miscommunication, which so oftentimes do friendships and or have issues simply because they're not on the same page and they're not even talking it through. So I like the fact that Lindsay came up to Amanda at the very end of the episode and said, like, let's go grab lunch or dinner or something and talk this out. I hope that they can work it out. I don't know that they're ever going to be best friends just because of all the history that they have, but they've got to get on the same page um, and, and try to repair that a little bit. Otherwise, I don't think the guys and the girls are ever going to be able to have any more fun like together per se. So I hope that works out. Um, we then see Chris, the new guy, and him and Oliver sitting in the by the pool or jacuzzi and just completely making up stuff to the girls that they're talking to, like pretending that they knew each other from kindergarten. I thought that was hilarious and it actually made me like him a lot more. So I hope he continues to bring some of that humor to the show because we need it. We need some more guy, guy commentary outside of just Carl, who's been a little flat and Kyle, who's just always kind of on one. So I, I hope that Chris continues to bring it. Lindsay is then going around in circles and took forever to admit that she and Amanda need to talk. I'm glad that she finally did. Like I said, I really hope that the conversation that they have makes some headway for them. But the party itself was super fun. I mean, Gabby pouring rosé into Lindsay's mouth. We need more of that. Like that was, yes, 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 yes. And then Danielle is spot on about talking, you know, to Lindsay about how she is internalizing shit and even though like they're outspoken Paige honestly I love Paige so much she dropped a bomb on Lindsay um saying that Danielle was was talking about what's happening like that they're her and Carl's relationship is happening so fast I did appreciate that Danielle was holding her own with Lindsay we don't get to see that too often. And so I'm glad that they are still on good terms. As we know now, like they are not good friends any longer. So I think that's going to continue to be a conversation and probably some, something that Lindsay throws in her face. Like you're not in support of our relationship and you think we're moving too fast. And I imagine it's probably going to boil over once Carl and Lindsay get engaged. So we'll continue to see that kind of unravel. Uh, but Kyle, it's so true. Like Kyle really is, I think the backbone of this friend group. And I, I think he is the one that got them all together into a shared house years ago, even before the show started, but his energy being down 
is such a spot on point. He, you know, if he's feeling down, it kind of causes the energy to be down across the rest of the cast. So I really hope that he can continue to just bring it to the show and, and being at a better spot with Carl. It sounds like that's a root, the root of a lot of this. But I, this episode, aside from like Chris growing on me, I really like Sam. Yes, she does talk a lot, but it's when she's excited about something. And don't we all do that? If you got me on a tangent about Real Housewives, yeah, I'm going to talk your ear off. So I just feel terrible that she thinks that about herself and somebody has really criticized her to the point where she can't even like stand herself sometimes. That was so sad to see. She's such a fun and and gorgeous person that I hope the girls kind of rally around her and get her out of her own way. But, you know, the rest of the episode, not t- nothing anything too crazy. Kyle finally grows up and gets Amanda a birthday gift unlike last year which he did not. And then the episode wraps with Lindsay and Amanda going agreeing to go to a one-on-one solo uh you know date together the next week. So, we'll see how that pans out and but yeah, I'm I'm glad that the 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 excuse me, the series is finally picking up. Like I said, this is one of my favorite shows on Bravo, so excited to see it keep going. Next up, let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. Real Housewives of New Jersey. Okay, let's get into it. So the episode starts with them going down to the Jersey Shore, which is my favorite time when they do this every season. They're just letting loose and the family's getting together and the guys are drinking. It's just such a good time and I love watching them. The episode starts off with Melissa and Joe and I think Margaret is there and um, Jackie I think is there. They're talking about how Teresa hasn't invited Melissa's mom and, and sisters to the wedding. And I see both sides truly. I mean, I planned a wedding last year and it's really hard to decide who you want to attend and making that decision. Now, I do understand where they're coming from. I myself am am part Italian and family is everything and we really do hold it to the utmost importance. But the other side of that coin, it's her wedding. If they don't feel a close connection to Melissa's family, then I don't think that they should invite them. And that's 100% their call. Everybody can do whatever they want for their wedding. So I feel like that topic is is just kind of dead at this point. They're going to do what they want to for their own wedding and they should just let it go. Yes, I think Melissa and, and Teresa should talk about it, but I don't know how much res- resolution we're going to get other than Melissa just getting it off their chest that she feels hurt about it. Then... We see Teresa totally throw Melissa and Joe under the bus saying that one of her daughters, I think it was Gia, wanted to stay at their shore house and that they said no. I want to hear that side of the story, Melissa's side, and why she might have said no. Once again, Teresa is bringing the kids into it and throwing them all under the bus 
without Melissa and Joe being able to defend themselves. She's doing this in, in her confessional and it's just wrong in my eyes. I don't like it one bit. It definitely causes me to be more on Melissa and Joe's side more than ever when she does things like that. So yeah, moving on, we have uh, Jen and Bill. I really love that Jen called Bill Confucius and how he talks. That was 100% spot on. They have their continued issues. I do think what I said last week about them, you know, not belonging together. I do feel that kind of in my gut still, but I do think Bill loves her and he just is a more level-headed person that thinks through things more silently. Whereas Jen's talks out loud, is kind of abrasive. She's super opinionated. They just clash a lot. So if they continue to go to therapy and can figure out a way to communicate clearly to one another, then I do think they'll figure it out. But until they do that, it's going to continue to be a rocky boat. I, Moving on, I want to talk about Jackie and Danielle. When Jackie called Danielle a Clarence Isle Snooky, I love Snooky. And that was kind of insulting Snooky. So I wasn't down for that. I, and I think Danielle has brought a lot to the show already. She continuously, you know, does hear her name in conversations and isn't afraid to be standing up for herself. And I'm so glad that she has. This group, they they can drink like nobody else. And I love how much the guys are shown in the show. I think some people over the last year or so are kind of over it. But personally, it's my favorite part of the show the way that they show them, it's such a special vibe that they have and they no other franchise. I mean, I think Salt Lake City has tried to get the men together. It ain't the same. The Jersey guys, they just want to have fun. They start off with shots to loosen everybody up, which can be a dangerous game. But I really love the men in this show. I don't care what anybody says. I do think it's a little weird that Paul, who is... Um, the boyfriend of, um, oh my God, I almost said Dorinda, of, um, he is Dolores's boyfriend. He is never there. I think he has some health issues going on, which is understandable, but he's never there and Frank is and we love Frank, but they need some more time together. So I hope that Paul is able to join them in future episodes the guys later on, they they start to wax. I think his name is John Fuda, uh, <laughs> Rachel's husband. They wax that poor man's chest and damn, that looked like it hurt. And they did a terrible job. I wonder if that guy had to go see a professional waxer shortly after that because that was wild. But I do love that they, the men, like they give each other a hard time and then they, they can move on like nobody even did anything to one another. Whereas like the women... You do one thing bad like five years ago, they'll hold it against you to the time to the end of time. So that was really fun to just see them all getting together. We then see Jen kind of opening up and airing some dirty laundry about like how he doesn't help with the kids and and he's saying that he doesn't want their kids be to be average. I was surprised that she said that on camera. And I can, can't imagine that Bill is going to like that Jen is talking about that. They're going to have a lot of stuff to work out. Like I said, I think they need to continue on their therapy journey. But then we have the women towards the end that start to 
completely bought into Danielle's family stuff. I 100% am on Danielle's side with this. She opened up in a way to have them know her, her life, her, her family story, and more about her. And also, I think, relate to them in the way because Melissa and Teresa, they have always had been at odds. And so the fact that they're kind of using that as ammunition against her, that was terrible. And then she's just sitting over there off to the side by herself trying to figure out what to do, if she should leave, and and getting sad about it. That was awful. I, I didn't like that at all. I hope she's able to confront them later on and and let them know like they need to say the hell out of her and her brother's stuff. Like it's none of their business. They don't know the ins and outs. I don't even feel like I care to believe like if their drama really started via like Instagram, who cares? Like there's obviously some stuff going on there and and hopefully they work it out cuz siblings at odds is so sad not only for them but for all the cousins, their kids, for their parents, like the parents are are hurting. And so it really is none of their business. Then we see the preview for next week and I almost jumped out of my chair when they show that Louis is talking about wearing, and he's talking to Joe, he's talking about wearing their dad's, who is past, pajamas in honor of him. What? Like, did I hear that right? That was, what? It was so weird. Like, what a weird thing to say. So I hope we get more context in next week's episode. It just kind of gave me the ooly gooeys. Like, it was weird. Um, and then we see stuff start to pop off with the Gorgas and Teresa next week. So as we get closer to that wedding, man, I think things are going to start to get crazy. Because as we know, they, you know, Melissa and Joe don't attend her wedding. So looking forward to, to seeing the future episodes on this season. All right, next, let's talk a little bit about the Miami Part 3 reunion. Real Housewives of Miami. It's the last episode, part three of the reunion. I'm so sad that this season is ending. I loved it so much and I love watching these ladies. This part three starts off with them talking about the parties that Lenny and Lisa had at their house. Uh, The last episode we saw, Kiki dropped that bomb about Lenny having hooked up with many models that she knows over the years. And Lisa's definitely shocked, uh, but it definitely sounds like that Lenny would have these parties all the time. As we know, he's super big into Halloween, and they had a Halloween party just recently, uh, end of last year, in the midst of their divorce, which was crazy. And he definitely gaslit her for many, many years, making it seem like having all these women around that are barely wearing anything and that that's normal that that's completely normal. And that was fucked up. And I did did really like the point that somebody said, excuse me, that he was using these parties as like almost speed dating a hundred percent. Like it's kind of like that Randall situation with Lala, like a casting couch. He's using these house parties as a way to meet women and then hook up with them later. Just really disgusting overall. And I hope that we never have to see Lenny on our screens again. He's, he's gross. We also then see the women rally around Lisa and support her. That was been that was really really cool to see and we learned that Larsa was actually a really big part 
of a court hearing for a restraining order that Lenny's mistress had against Lisa. She claimed that Lisa basically confronted her and was being really aggressive and that she feared for her life. And Larsa was there and she saw it all happen. I think it was at a club in Miami that this all went down. And Larsa was able to be that witness and say, absolutely not. Like Lisa never did anything of the sort. And this the restraining order was dropped. So that was really interesting. Then I love that Andy brought up how... Alexia and Maricel have gringo husbands, but as we know, those husbands and uh, and Nicole, Dr. Nicole's husband have been in a really heated argument ever since Anthony, Nicole's husband, made some comments about Larsa and the other women, and the men really didn't like that. It all really came th- like came through when they went to lunch together. Anthony, Todd, and I'm blanking on Marisol's husband's name, but they were really at odds. And it sounds like it hasn't gotten any better. And we found out that I think it was after the season wrapped, Alexia came into a restaurant where Nicole and Anthony were sitting at a bar and completely instigated some drama saying like, you guys are in trouble. And then she, so we think she, like Nicole said she instigated it. And then Alexia claims that she did not. And then she said that Anthony is should be called Antonia because he's a bitch. But he was saying what everyone else was thinking. And yes, maybe he shouldn't get involved in the women's drama, but I think he was coming to his wife's defense and trying to support her in her situation and the drama that she was having with Larsa. So... I don't know if the men are ever going to be like what we see in the Jersey Housewives at all, but that was crazy to know that they're definitely still at odds with one another. The topic about Larsa's braids that Andy brought up, saying that he thinks she might have gotten some get some flack for that. I wondered about that too when she showed up on vacation with braids, but honestly, I didn't really think too much about it. Yes, her her children are mixed race, um, and you know, to each their own. If she wants to have braids, people get braids all the time. So that was really interesting to see. I do wonder if she got any flack. I haven't heard of anything, um, but just curious if, if she ever did. Then they go into Gertie and how she has started to take on less with her wedding planning. She used to do like 15 weddings a year. And as we know, her weddings are extremely lavish and over the top, stunning, So now she's only taking on about five a year so that she can make more time for her husband and kids. And she's starting to go on like mom Sunday. So that was really cute. I just love Gertie. I think she brings an extra little flavor to the group. She always has great style and I love just her job. And I would love to see them actually cover that a little bit more. I would imagine if she's doing weddings for celebrities or anybody that maybe she probably isn't able to film some of that, but maybe they could keep it confidential and just show her in the planning process. I would love to see more of that. I do really hate all the arguing that's going on between Adriana and the girls. It's sad to see the flashbacks to the early seasons over 10 years ago with Adriana having Marisol and Alexia in her wedding with, I think his name is, was it Fernando? As we know now, like they are divorced, but there's definitely... 
I was thinking the whole time, there has got to be more that happened in the 10 years that this show wasn't on air that led to them having this drama and falling out that we've seen of late. And we finally found out that it's because allegedly the women heard that Adriana was married to that guy prior to her having a wedding. It sounds like she was allegedly married in 2008 and then remarried. Oh, his name's Frederick. Sorry. Remarried in 2013 for the show to Frederick. That leads the women to think like, were you just having this full-blown wedding and whatnot for the show and for the airtime and for a storyline? And, and makes them think that she's a little bit of a liar. So now we kind of know the root of where some of their distrust has come from for her. And she does not help herself. Like the way she had compared her accident to her, quote, ankle sprain or whatever it was, to Frankie's accident was completely wrong. It does sound like she probably blacked out and just said something in the heat of the moment and then realized later, like, oh my gosh, like I really screwed up. And and she's consistently apologized for that. But then she doesn't even help herself. Like, you guys, she wrote a letter and made it seem like there was this whole thing that she handed to Andy to read to Marisol saying that somebody wrote her this letter and he reads it. And it's a damn letter that she wrote in the voice of Marisol's liver, because we know the drinking and everything is like Marisol's stick. And that was terrible. Like probably one of the most awkward and cringeworthy things I've ever seen on a reunion before. Why did she do that? Like what did, and then she handed it to him in all seriousness. And then afterward was like, it was a joke. And they're all like, what is like are you for real like what just happened so that was crazy and then she did not help herself any any further by saying that oh she's not judging her drinking but she does think she might need to go to aa girl what like you cannot make a suggestion like that unless you are placing judgment in her action so that was tough to watch, but we did see them actually make some headway, which I was shocked at the end. Andy asked them to say something nice about each one of each other, and that actually helped a lot in making progress and got them to kind of break down some of those walls and and explain, like, I do really have respect and adore you and, and complimenting, like, Alexia on how great of a mom she is. And I think they need to stick to really looking at the future and look less focus on the past. Although if there's some deep-rooted distrust between those girls and Adriana, I'm not sure that they'll ever be able to get back to where they was they were like 10 years ago. But at least they were able to end the season on a good note because we needed a nice little bow on this one. We had so much drama with Lenny, the divorce, the cheating just some crazy drama that was happening on their vacation. So I love this season so, so much. And I think I might've mentioned this in the first episode, but if you aren't watching Miami, you got to watch. And you don't even need to watch the first few seasons that originally aired on Bravo. They are on Peacock, actually. I started rewatching them because I think I'd only watched like season one. So I started rewatching them just for fun, like when I'm bored and it's really entertaining and it's crazy to see how far the women have come and kind of changed looks wise. And so 
it's really fun to watch. Um, but if you're trying to pick up a show and you're not really sure where to start, I would say like this season and the last season that Miami came back on, definitely worth watching those. So highly recommend. Let's go get into the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Thailand next. The joy I had when I saw that Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 came out on Thursday, oh, it just tickled me. I was so excited. Um, these shows are so great because it's all these women that we love from other franchises coming together in one spot for a week-long vacation, which is quite honestly the best part of any Real Housewives season when they go on these extravagant trips. So I just love the concept overall. Last season was kind of crazy with like the berserkshires of it all. I loved it because I just love Dorinda and those girls, but I'm excited for them to be in a tropical place and get to see all the cool things that they are going to be doing and the fashion that they'll bring to the the episode. So super excited for it. They dropped three episodes. I'm just going to recap the first one and do kind of a high level. So the cast that we have is Giselle Bryant, Candace Dillard, both from Potomac Housewives. Then we have Heather Gay and Whitney Rose from Salt Lake City. Then we have Alexia and Marisol from Miami. And we have Portia from Atlanta, who hasn't been on in a couple seasons, but Portia was one of my personal all-time faves, so I'm excited for her to be here. I made a comment right in the beginning of my notes is like, they really did right by having Portia join because she has the best commentary and she kind of starts off and, and throughout the first episode as being like the commentator for everything. So I'm glad that they did that because just the like her personality, it, she was made for reality TV. I'm obsessed. Um, so we start off with them doing kind of their mini intros of them packing. And what is crazy to learn is that Jen Shaw pleaded guilty two days before they had to hop on this flight. So we see real time Heather and Whitney like really digesting the fact that their cast member and Heather's like best friend is going to prison. And I just can't wait to see them talk more about it. They definitely get grilled right off the bat. Uh, which I'll get into in a minute, but they're all packing and everything. And I just made a note that Leah is talking about her Balenciaga Crocs. I'm sure she regrets that now. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, but Leah, I'm really glad that she's here, even though she is sober. I don't really care. Like she gives me Be Bethany vibes. I've said that since the time she joined New York Housewives. She's super direct. She can carry herself. I... I just love the energy she, that she brings to this show. So I can't wait for her to be here. I also can't wait to see Candace on this trip. It looks like she and Giselle are trying to move forward from the drama that happened on last season of Potomac where Giselle made comments around Candace's husband kind of like making a move, but not. Like it was so awkward and it, it was wrong and on every every side of it. So I hope that they can make, make some headway, but they're definitely being fake with each other. You can tell. Miss Marisol is a great ad as well. She has really just funny commentary like Portia and is very quick-witted. So she's going to bring, I think, a lot. 
Um, Thailand is one of my personal favorite places that I've ever traveled to. It's so stunning. Thai people are so funny and welcoming, and I'm really excited to see this trip. I think usually on these seasons, they go for like a full seven days. So I imagine they're going to be doing like a day one, a day two, like they've done in the past seasons. And like the women, I don't know if they're planning their own things every day. It doesn't seem like they are yet, but we'll see. But all of these women have such strong personalities. I think there there's going to be some shit that pops off for sure. Um, Heather really cracked me up though when she said like, I know I'm bringing the glam factor down, but I'm here to bring the jokes. And that's why I love her. I think that's why she had such a great first season on Salt Lake City is because she is really funny. And when she's just being herself and not really getting into any drama or dealing with the Jen Shaw stuff, that's why we love her. And I think that's why she had a really tough like last season or two because she wasn't really being like that. And she had some drama, some drama with Whitney too. So I love to just see her when she's lighthearted and fun. But they, I thought it was a cool thing that they did on Peacock in the very beginning of the episode, maybe like 10, 15 minutes in, they offer you to select an exclusive interview with one of three gals, which was super cool. Um, So that's something I've never seen before. And so you get to see kind of like an extended interview with one of the girls in their confessionals, um, specifically talking about the Jen Shaw topic. So I like that a lot. Then we have the girls start to kind of settle into the house. Leah definitely gets shafted with the worst room. And I thought it was funny that she went up to Pepsi, the host, and was like, what did I do to you? And then he calls her later, like, your highness, so behind her back. Um, so that's going to be pretty funny to watch Pepsi just kind of give his take on the women. He does that a little bit at the end of the episode where he gives his opinion. And a lot of it's like, princess this, your highness this. Like, I think he has a soft spot for Portia, which is hilarious. But um, that's going to be cool. They they need that kind of like male energy that is not biased, that's going to be able to add some some flair to the episodes. But I thought it was really funny when um, they they really did start to grill, you know, um, Heather and Whitney on the Jen Shaw stuff. It was it was a lot, and it definitely put her on the spot. I was really surprised that Heather still said like she rides for her, even though she pled guilty. I think she still doesn't know if. She was lying to her for an entire year, claiming that she was innocent and decided like, hey, it's either 30 years if I I remain innocent or what is it? 14 years if you plead guilty. So I can understand that part of it. But at the end of the day, if they had all of that evidence to take her to court, like there is definitely some guilt there. And Heather has continued to ride for her. She is a good friend, but to what to what cost? To her reputation, to other people criticizing her. I just, is it worth it? I wonder, is it worth it, Heather? That would be my question for her. But we have a lot of the women, Whitney and Heather, pretending like they're cool when they're talking about each other behind their backs. We have Candace and and uh, Giselle also pretending that they're all good and talking behind each, behind each other's backs. I definitely don't think that they're going to be able to fake it for this entire trip. So it's it's definitely going to go down. Um, I did want to say on a lighthearted note, I love how Mar- Marisol always calls Alexia bro, 
whenever they walk into a room. I love that so much. But it definitely, it starts to pick up a little bit when Heather makes a comment about getting Leah to drink. I don't know if she necessarily thought too much about that comment. It was weird that she said like she read her Leah's book, but then made that comment and and Leah feeling as though she doesn't really respect her sobriety. That was really sticky. Um, So they do make up in the end as we see of that episode, the first one, but I wonder if it's going to come back again because I I think that would be something really hard to drop from Leah's perspective. Although Leah, Leah's cool like that. Like usually if she makes up with you, she doesn't strike me as somebody that holds on to grudges. So I hope they don't really go on with that storyline because we kind of see all, see all the angles in that first episode of it. But I love when they did bring up Heather and Whitney's drama in the end and like why Whitney feels so upset and betrayed by Heather. And I think it's Portia made a really good point that Heather rides for Jen and not for her cousin, but Heather completely disagrees and says she's always stuck up for Whitney. I just don't know. I mean, Whitney... Whitney, they're they're filming a store, or a show, excuse me, and so I imagine when the Whitney and Heather stuff happened on last season, where she was saying a rumor and not even a rumor. I mean, she was at the basketball game when it happens, and she's claiming that Heather was there and saw everything go down. Where basically Lisa Barlow, you know, was hooking up with somebody for basketball tickets, which. I believe is false. I don't think that actually happened. Um, so Heather says, no, absolutely not. I didn't hear that. And and let left Whitney out to dry, basically. That was the reason for their falling out. Again, it's a, a miscommunication. I They have tried to talk about it too. We watched it in the last season of Salt Lake City, but they haven't been able to find mutual ground with one another. I don't know if they're going to be able to. I hope so. But so far, it's not looking like it. Then we see something really juicy towards the end where Heather is caught on camera saying that she wants a room with Portia because Portia has like 7 million followers and she wants to gain her following. That was really juicy. I mean, you could think it, but don't say it. Like, what? It's like, it's giving me fame, hungry... I don't know. Heather had a rough couple seasons, so I get that she wants to increase her popularity maybe, but it just that she shouldn't have said that out loud. I'm sure she's regretting that now. But we see the women wrap up in a gorgeous dinner setting in Thailand in kind of a foresty environment. It looks amazing. I want to go to that restaurant if I ever go back to Thailand. And of course, Giselle says, let's play a game. And we know how that goes. It always gets messy. But I really loved how they, so they were playing this game. I mean, they said, who gave the worst impression and who gave the best impression? And one of the gals brings up, I think it's Giselle saying like, Heather was my worst impression because she said what she said about Leah's sobriety. And then all the other women start to pile on, which Heather made a very, very good point in her confessional saying I know how it goes with these women. Like they are going to pile on and jump on the same boat. Otherwise, they're going to be in the hot seat next. And that is so true. And we see it firsthand. 
But then at the end of the episode, Portia and Candace start to get into it. And then Candace and Giselle, we start to see a preview of what's to come and their relationship. And I just have a feeling Portia and Candace are not going to get along. They're both very strong personalities. I actually think they're very similar to one another. And usually in my experience, if you come across a woman that maybe has a lot of similarities and traits to you, sometimes you don't get off on the right track and you, you don't like each other right away. But eventually, I think they'll grow on one another. So I hope that's what happens here because I could see them being great TV together, like a frickin' frack situation like we used to see with Portia and Phaedra. So I hope we get to that stage. But the end of the episode was not looking like it. So excited to keep watching more of those. I actually have a trip coming up to Boston this week. So I'm going to download the other two and watch them on my flight. Excited to get into those a little bit more. But... Next, I'll do a quick recap of the Jersey Shore family vacation. So I'm not sure how many of you are watching the Jersey Shore family vacation. I've been watching it since they started this because I was a big Jersey Shore fan back in the day and I love this cast. I actually have randomly watched some old episodes of Jersey Shore and Ooh, it is rough, but if you ever want some entertainment and a lighthearted show to watch, definitely recommend. I think it's on Hulu, so feel free to catch up on that, but they've been doing the family uh, vacations for a couple years now. I just love watching them on our TVs. The guys are my favorite. They always crack me up between Vinny and Polly and the situation, Mike. Mike has grown a lot, but we definitely see him kind of getting into his old ways and, and you know, getting his, his heels in some dirt and causing up a ruckus with some tweets between him and and um, Angelina. <laughs> so this episode was really just centered around, we saw Vinny, his journey on Dancing with the Stars. I really loved how much Mike was kind of leaning into him eating all of Vinny's food that his mom was sending from Jersey back to LA. Mike's just like eating the chicken cutlets. It's just lighthearted and hilarious. Um, but we show we see Mike show up to the Dancing with the Stars episode with his really loud Versace shirt and loafers. I laughed so hard when he took off the loafers after dinner because his feet hurt and he wasn't wearing socks. That just cracked me up. But the rest of the episode is centered a lot around like the Angelina and Mike drama. We see the receipts from Mike that Angelina and him made an agreement via text that they were going to write some crazy tweets to kind of create a storyline, I guess. And Angelina completely takes offense to what Mike says. Uh, Mike basically retweets that Angelina should you know, not get prosecuted, but is is in the wrong for aggressively coming at Polly and his girlfriend in the last season when she threw wine and water on them. So Mike really went hard on her in those tweets and she did not like it at all. And And then we see that 
she she does admit to having those those texts between Mike and that they did agree it agree upon that, but that he took it too far. Um, she gets wasted though when they get to New Orleans and kind of drops it. So I do wonder if that's gonna bubble up anymore. But uh, Angelina, I, I've really it's been tough to watch over the last couple years. I'm glad that she's single, um, and and she's dating a new guy. They actually look really cute together. I just thought it was hilarious that his name was also Vinny. Um, I secretly wanted her and the Vinny that we know on the show to be together, but I just don't think he's into it and he's just trying to be nice. Um, the tinsel in Angelina's hair, though, it's a little, it's giving me like 2003 vibes. I honestly think she looks a lot better when she just kind of keeps it simple um, and doesn't do anything crazy with her hair like that, but to each their own. Now, I was shocked that Angelina and her new boyfriend, Vinny, are already, like, talking about moving in together. They do look cute, but I just want her to be happy. I think she's a nicer and funner person to be around when she has love in her life. And as we know, like, her ex-husband, that was not a good situation. They were they were just not meant to be together. We did see a flash in of Ronnie and see that he has undergone treatment. I think he was there for eight or nine months and is doing really good. And now he is selling his property in LA and moving to Miami. He has full custody of his daughter. I wonder if he's going to remain a full-time cast member um, and, and go on these vacations anymore, or if it's maybe not good for his previous past with addiction and, and mental health. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I wonder, like, is Miami really a good scene for him to move to? I feel like he should just move somewhere a little bit more low-key. And I think Miami has a really fun party scene. So I just hope he stays out of trouble and and continues on the sobriety journey that he's on. The, the rest of the trip, I mean, was really showing them just getting wasted in New Orleans. And next week we see Mike is basically getting pranked into like jumping out of a plane for the gender reveal, as we know, him and his wife um, were planning a gender reveal while they were in New Orleans. I would be pissed if my husband just randomly like agreed. I mean, I don't think he knows going into it. They're going to surprise him with a plane for him to jump out of and then reveal the gender there. But I don't know that I would really love that. It definitely is, seems like it'll be epic, but I can imagine his wife isn't going to be too happy about that. Um, plus the thought of like your husband jumping out of a plane when you have a baby and then another baby on the way, just unnecessary danger. But that's just me. I'm one to err on the side of caution. So if you're an adrenaline junkie and that's your thing and you have all the safety precautions and train people around you, then go for it. But I'd be freaking out. Anyways, so that is that is it, you guys. That's episode two. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening and joining me on these recaps it's been really, really fun getting to recap this with you guys. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, if you can, please share with your friends, share on social media. If you have a friend that you know loves reality TV and these shows, send them, send them the link and, and share the Spotify with them. We're still just on Spotify for now. Um, and I'm looking forward to keeping this going. So thank you all for your continued support. I love you all so much. Have a great week.